Welcome to Lens in Light, the podcast that invites photographers from diverse backgrounds to share their adventures and experiences. Your host, Amber Braxton, a fine art photographer, is excited to bring you valuable tips, tricks, and recommendations to help you take your photography skills to the next level. From hilarious moments to insightful conversations, join us as we explore the exciting world of photography together. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into the fascinating world of photography. A lot of people assume that I have my shit together and they should because I give off that vibe on my social media, um, Facebook probably in particularly. But I do not have my shit together. I am a highly functional basket case. And um, my family currently, we're going through mourning and loss of my father-in-law, who uh, has uh, dementia and he is just going downhill. And so my husband has been gone all this week to help you know, take care of him in his last moments. But in that week, (laughs) I have been a ravenous monster and have just been basically starting one project after another. I have, I'm basically like a child here with nobody that's uh, keeping track of, of my behavior. And I just keep making messes. And I have, like, you can definitely tell my family is depressed right now because my house is a disaster. I don't have my shit together. And um, the reason I'm saying this is not for sympathy. Um, I'm not looking for sympathy. Um, I'm just trying to be real with my listeners. And um, it a lot of this episode has to do with... Um, you know, the emotional side of photography. And we're going to talk a lot about imposter syndrome. Um, But anyways, I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm just trying to be real with my listeners. Um, Currently, I am downstairs in my kitchen and there is a few trash bags that I have to take out to the trash. Um, Usually, I like to put myself together a little bit more when I'm doing recordings. Oh, it's pouring outside too. Anyways, uh, I'm in pajama pants and a t-shirt that I've been in for the last two days. I slept for 13 hours last night. Um, I think I'm depressed. And it's uh, because A, I am diagnosed with depression. So I do experience depression a lot. Um, but really I experience being bipolar and manic most of the time. Um, and I kind of have like a little mix of both of those right now currently. Um, which, which is why I have projects, you know, started all over the place. And I don't have the follow through to actually complete any project right now. Um, So I just keep, my house just keeps getting messier and messier and messier. But anyways, all that being said, I was encouraged by one of my really good friends, April, 
uh, to continue doing a podcast. And uh, I've been thinking to myself, like, what is the point in doing a podcast when I have like five listeners every every episode? I have like five listeners that'll listen to my episode. And it's like, well, what's the point of putting out a podcast episode? Like I literally spent, you know, the last few hours planning this episode out. And um, now I'm going to spend, you know, a little bit of time recording it. And ultimately, like, I have a lot of fun recording and I really want a successful podcast. Um, But I am just not good with follow through with projects. And the only thing that really has ever kept me... um, accountable all the time is photography. That is the only thing I have follow through through follow through with. But I would really like I really like the idea of having a podcast. And so I'm going to just plan to put out some episodes and hopefully like whoever's listening to this can relate to it and hopefully I help somebody who might be experiencing the same thing or who's wondering, you know, what specifically today we're going to talk about imposter syndrome and how that deals with mental health and photography and and all that good stuff. Um, So hopefully, like, there are some people I know that do listen to this that will find that super helpful. Um, And to know that we all kind of experience it is hopefully going to be something that is beneficial to everyone who's listening. But anyways, I have planned out this whole episode and um, my friend April, again, encouraged me to put out this episode. And she said, you know, even if, even if you only have five listeners, that's five listeners that's counting on you. Um, And so I kind of took that to heart and planned out my next two episodes and uh yeah so amongst my depression talk amongst being starting this episode off super depressive um this episode is meant to be really helpful um to photographers that experience imposter syndrome Uh, because recently I have been experiencing imposter syndrome and it is something that I have been experiencing on and off for the last seven years of my photo career. Um, And when I do experience imposter syndrome, uh, we'll go into what actually imposter syndrome is. But um, when I do experience imposter syndrome, I don't know whether it coincides with depression for sure. Um, I don't know which one creates which, but, um, imposter syndrome can definitely make you feel really shitty, um, in regards to whatever your experience imposter syndrome with. Um, it doesn't have to be just photography. Um, this episode specifically, we're talking about photography because this is a photography podcast, However, imposter syndrome can be literally in any career. It can be in any hobby that someone is trying to take seriously. Um, It doesn't have to just be photography. So, um, okay, so what is imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome is 
a psychological phenomenon where despite having skills and accomplishments, um, somebody constantly doubts their abilities and they feel like a fraud. And I will tell you that like, because I have really no formal training in photography, um, I'm self-taught. And through that, like I have learned a lot and there are a lot of high moments in my career where I do feel um, empowered and I do feel like I'm making a difference um, with my photography. But there are a lot of times where I ask myself, like, why am I doing this? Um, You know, it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference on a scale that I would like to make a difference on. Um, And because of that, I just feel a lot of the time, like, I'm just playing photographer you know what I mean like and I hate that I measure my success on things like Facebook responses and TikTok responses and um how far my posts reach people but ultimately like anyone who's trying to make a career out of something if you don't have a product to sell or if you don't have something that people are interested in buying, you're not going to make it in it as a business owner. Um, because ultimately we live in a capitalistic society that runs on money. And so I feel that if I don't make enough money at what I'm doing, then why am I even doing it in the first place? Um, and I'm sure that a lot of you can relate to that as artists as people that experience imposter syndrome. Um, And I promise this whole episode is not this depressing. It gets better. But um, I do, I do ask myself that a lot, you know, like, why am I doing this? It doesn't make a difference on the scale that I want it to make a difference. Um, And I ask myself that almost every day. So, uh, a lot of this episode, a lot of preparing for this episode was very therapeutic for me. Um, I did a lot of research on imposter syndrome and how to overcome it and things like, like that I had never actually explored before. I just kind of knew that I had imposter syndrome, um, which, uh, insight into having imposter syndrome is definitely the first step. Um, You have to know that you have imposter syndrome in order to be able to fix it. Um, But I did all this research on imposter syndrome and it was very therapeutic and I was able to work through some of the insecurities that I was feeling as a photographer and I just kind of wanted to share that process with you guys. And hopefully those who are experiencing imposter syndrome can also uh, find benefit in this episode. Uh, I hear from a lot of people, uh, you know, other photographer friends, from people that have taken some of my mentoring courses. Um, I hear from several individuals that because they can't capture what they want to on the first try, that that means that they should give up. I tell you, like, I don't know how many times I revisit 
the same location to try to get different images. I challenge myself all the time to go out to the same location and try to get unique images every time I go out. Um, I also revisit locations where like, like for example, when I found a barn owl, I didn't get very good images the first night when I found the barn owl because it was, the sun had already set and it was on 4th of July and people were setting off fireworks. And so I spotted the barn owl, uh, went home and the next night I planned for it and I went to see it when the lighting was a little bit better. Um, but that's just kind of an example of how you can revisit same locations and plan for different environmental factors that could get you a better shot than what you got the first time if you weren't happy with what you got the first time. Also, I always encourage people because this is what I have done and what I have found to be useful is that if you want to go out and capture these images that you have in your head, you've built up an idea of what you want your photography to look like, you have to go out and you have to practice that. You have to practice knowing your camera settings. You have to practice knowing uh, how to photograph different lighting conditions. And all of that is going to be through practice. You can sit here and you can listen to as many podcasts as you want. You could sit there and read as many articles as you want, but ultimately going out and just practicing multiple times a week. Um, I go out with my camera every day. I keep my camera on me everywhere I go. Um, and those, those opportunities to capture changing light happen all of the time. And it is something that I practice all of the time to overcome my fear of honestly photographing sunlight. Like when I first started photography, I would be really scared to go out and photograph anything that wasn't overcast um, because I didn't know really how to photograph, you know, highlights and shadows and things like that. And so, so I would hope for overcast days um, to have that nice diffused light because I wasn't really sure how to do very dynamic photography yet. But we'll get into that a little bit later. So we've talked a little bit about what imposter syndrome is as a psychological phenomenon where despite having skills and accomplishments, one constantly doubts their abilities and feel like a fraud. Um, but what does that actually look like? So let's actually... Uh, take that apart a little bit. We're going to take it step by step. And these are some things that uh, point to whether or not you might have or be experiencing imposter syndrome. Um, the first one is self-doubt. First off, I just want to say that I hate when people comment like on my photos, oh, you got so lucky or lucky shot or whatever the case may be because my images are anything but luck. Like at this point, I put in a lot of research. I put in a lot of dedication and passion to my images um, and luck has very little to do with it. 
I will say luck has very little to do with it. But anyways, that part of self-doubt where you, where one person feels lucky that they may have got a shot, but that it's not something that they can replicate. And I'm not saying replicate the same exact photograph, but I am saying like replicating the style, replicating the consistency of having a good shot. Um, and again, this is why I hate when people say lucky shot because um, it only perpetuates those feelings of, okay, I guess I'm lucky and skills and knowledge have nothing to do with this shot that I got. And because of that, I will never be able to get anything that's as good as this shot. And therefore, that's going to prevent you from going out and photographing. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I hate when people say that. Ugh, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. The second uh, part of imposter syndrome is having a fear of criticism. Some people may be overly sensitive to criticism and they may take any negative feedback. I laugh because this is me 100%. Um, may take any negative feedback as confirmation that they are not good. I actually just posted a photo uh, and it was a composite. I never said it wasn't a composite. And if you don't know what a composite is, basically it's taking one part of one photo and, and in a simple sense, merging it with another photo. Um, so for instance, I took one moon from one photo that I took from one exposure and I put it on another image of the same frame, just a different exposure. And people literally bit my head off. They were like, like, this is shit. Uh, this is not photography. People shouldn't be liking this. You shouldn't be posting this. This is trash. And honestly, I was really proud of it because I don't, I never say I don't do composites. Like I absolutely I'm all about doing composites. I'm all about doing panoramas. I'm all about doing stacked images. Um, if you don't know what any of that means, that's okay. But I am all about digitally uh, manipulating my images. I am a digital artist. I am a photographer, yes, but I am a digital artist when it comes to editing my images. But anyways, um, I do not like negative feedback and I do not like criticism at all. And... Um, so I took that pretty harshly um, when people were commenting on it and it only perpetuates that feeling of imposter syndrome. And, and honestly, like artists are mean and photographers are mean when it comes to other people's work. Um, and I just don't understand that. But whatever. Anyways, so fear of criticism. Yes. Uh, the third one is reluctancy to share work, which we already kind of talked about. If you have self-doubt and you feel like you can't replicate the consistency in your images or you have a fear of criticism, of course you're going to want to not share your work with other people because you feel like you're trash. <laughs> At least I feel like I'm trash. It can limit opportunities for feedback, collaboration, as well as recognition. People that take my mentorship, I highly encourage them 
not to post every day, but to, to go out and photograph every day because there are opportunities to photograph every day, whether it be in your backyard or going to a park or whatever the case may be. And even though you're not sharing every day, I highly encourage people to share their work a lot of the time for a multitude of reasons, but I get, I will get into that. Anyways, so imposter syndrome obviously makes sense to give you a reluctancy to share your work. Um, the next point is there's a procrastination and perfectionism, which um, is a really fun combination to have. Spending excessive amounts of time trying to achieve perfection in someone's work and then the work is never good enough. And that is something that I've experienced, honestly, since um, I was a child, um, both the procrastination and the perfectionism. Um, and they were a really fun combination of feuds to have with myself. And that definitely has transpired over to my photography career, but I do feel like I'm a lot better with like, if a, if a picture isn't necessarily perfect, I may not put it on my website. I may not sell it for prints, but I will share it, uh, because I do like sharing my work and I do like, um, having a social media presence. And, um, sometimes that, sometimes that means sharing, uh, cell phone photos sometimes and that's okay like cell phone photos can be great um but they're not necessarily what i take and uh so sometimes um you know you have to get past that work is never going to be good enough to share and just share your shit um you're not going to be able to be successful at any of this if you're not sharing your shit um, the next one is avoids challenges. So people may stick to what is familiar, which can limit their creative growth. And this is different. We will talk a little bit about revisiting the same location, but that is still a challenge in and of itself. It is, it, it, it provides different challenges, but ultimately people may avoid going out and photographing altogether because of imposter syndrome. So all of that sucks. All of that's like fantastic. I'm sure everyone listening is like, okay, I definitely have imposter syndrome. Um, because I, because it is super common. Uh, and like I said, it's not just photographers. It can be in any field. So what do we do about it? What can we do about imposter syndrome? Specifically with photography, you have to really go out and photograph every chance you're given. I always tell people, practice taking your camera most places with you so that it simply increases your chances of using it. The best camera is the one in your hand, yes. However, it would be better if it were an actual camera if you're interested in having a photography career or furthering your photography uh, hobby. Um, just getting out there and utilizing your camera more is going to be the most helpful thing that you can do. To overcome imposter syndrome, we need the first thing we need is self-awareness. 
understanding that it's common and understanding that you have it is really crucial in uh, healing from imposter syndrome. And I will say, like, in my experience, I definitely go in and out of having imposter syndrome. Like, it'll last a few weeks to a few months. Um, and then I'll have periods where I feel like I'm on top of the world. Um, but I do have self-awareness now that I have imposter syndrome. And I do, I, I will say that like, now that I can identify what has happened, um, like I said, this whole episode is a ther- was therapy for me. So the whole reason I'm doing an episode on it is because I am experiencing imposter syndrome now. But having that self-awareness and understanding that it's common and understanding that there are things that you can do to help it, that it doesn't have to be this forever thing, is really helpful in and of itself. You have the ability to then self-reflect. You can self-reflect on your accomplishments. You can self-reflect on your skills uh, or your experience. Um, And utilize that energy to propel you forward. Think about your achievements before you go out and photograph. Um, Do things that pump you up when you're on your way to photograph. There's a song that I listen to by Lil Wayne and B.O.B. That is, uh, it's a rap song. I love rap music and I love to rap. Um, And this rap song, basically there's this, uh, lyric or this verse that when I rap, I feel like a boss ass bitch. And every time I feel really low about myself when I'm going out to photograph, uh, whether it be portraits or fine art or whatever, I will throw this song on and I will rap it the entire way before I get to where I'm photographing. And it pumps me up. Um, like anything, with habit, you're going to get better at practicing it. You're going to get better at it becoming a routine. Um, I wish I could actually, uh, my personal trainer probably hates me because I cannot make fitness a routine in my life. Um, the only thing I seem to be able to make a routine of is photography. Anyways, find yourself a good song that'll pump you up. Find yourself images of your favorite that that um, you can look at to to pump yourself up. I change every time I get a good photo that I really like that's uh, vertical. I change the background on my phone to remind myself that this is a boss ass photo and it was done by a boss ass bitch. And that is what helps me. Those little things, I change like the background on my computer to my photos that I love and that have been really successful on social media because again, I do like having a social media presence. Um, It is the foundation of my business. So the next thing in overcoming imposter syndrome would be setting realistic expectations. I used to also be a job coach in the mental health field. And this was a point that I always brought up to my clients that were looking for a job or looking to maintain work. Um, And as a mentor in photography, this is also something that I have taken from that job into this job. 
Um, setting realistic expectations is super important um, because it's all about going out and making mistakes and learning from them, yes. However, you don't want to be going out there feeling like all you're doing is making mistakes. You want to be having success at things too, right? And so setting smaller goals is going to be more achievable for you. And the more that you can achieve smaller goals, the more that you're going to want to continue meeting those goals. And I can't tell you how much easier it is to manage smaller goals than thinking, okay, today I want to be a Nat Geo photographer. And obviously like that is a big goal of mine. Um, I would like to be sponsored or some shit so that I could make a decent living off of doing photography. But I know that that's a bigger goal. And so my goal my goals are much smaller than that so that I can have achievable goals. Like, okay, I want this photo to receive maybe, you know, this much engagement on social media this week. And if it does it, that's really great. And a lot of the time it does meet those goals. And having realistic expectations too, um, you know, based on how many followers I have, what can I expect my likes to be like? Um, on a good photo. Not necessarily saying, okay, I just want an arbitrary amount of likes. Um, and if I don't meet that, then I'm trash. You know what I'm saying? Um, so setting realistic expectations, having realistic goals, being able to meet those goals so that you can uh, propel yourself forward even more is really important. As uncomfortable as it is, this next one is seeking feedback. Um, if you have trusted people that you trust their opinions, um, go ask them for feedback on your photos. I always ask my husband. I ask my best friend Bronwyn. I'll ask my best friend April. I'll be like, hey, out of this set of images, which is the one that is most impactful? And they help me between picking which ones to actually post which ones to put on my website. They help me gauge like, okay, what is your reaction to these photos before I post them? Um, can you give me feedback on this? Um, and it's, it's invaluable to have a support system that is honest with me and that helps build my, that helps build me up when I'm feeling like I need it. We already talked about this next one a little bit, but revisiting your portfolio. So looking for ways that you might be able to improve goals that you have for your work, but also appreciating the really good shots that you've already gotten and making sure that you're reflecting how important those images are to you by putting them on your website, highlighting them on your social media, um, and being consistent with that. So. I get, I mean, my, my business is slowly, slowly taking off, but it's been seven years. I've been seven years at this and you have to be consistent with the game. You have to be consistent with posting. You have to be consistent with adding to your website if you want this to be a thing. And so that all comes with revisiting your portfolio. 
We did already talk about this. I already, I jumped ship and talked about setting achievable goals, um, building confidence in your abilities, um, and then celebrating your achievements. Share with others your achievements. Um, Seriously, like Sean and I will go to dinner and celebrate me getting like a viral post on Facebook. We'll go to dinner for that shit. And it's super, it's super important to me. Because people would celebrate things like that in a normal job. You know what I mean? They would celebrate they would celebrate things like that in a normal job. They would celebrate getting a promotion. They would celebrate, you know, closing out a big project. And so it's really important to me to celebrate things like that. And so, yeah, Sean and I will go to dinner uh, to celebrate little things like that for both of us. Um... But I know we're talking specifically about photography and basically this is a therapeutic episode of myself. So, so we're going to jump topics here for a little bit. I know that I was already talking about my feelings and like, what's the point of doing this? What if I run out of things to photograph here in Washington? Because I do revisit the same locations all the time. But I also revisited same locations in Colorado. So I don't understand why all of a sudden I feel like I'm going to run out of things to photograph. Um, But I do revisit places a lot. Um, I still consider that a challenge because... Revisiting places and trying to get different things every time is a challenge uh, for me in and of itself. You know, you have to have, you have to put on different pairs of glasses every time you go so that you see different things. Um, See what's being affected by certain light and the light is ever changing. So you're always going to have things to photograph. Um, So I always encourage people to find favorite places and, uh, go photograph there, um, get to know the opportunities that it offers by visiting it at different times of the day. It helps build my confidence. So the reasons why you might want to revisit places, um, the changing conditions, you're photographing light. The light, like I said, is ever changing. And so you're always going to have different opportunities to photograph the same, maybe the same area, but different lighting. And really to understand like how lighting affects your photography, it is really important to be consistent somewhere. Um, And so I really like to revisit the same location multiple times for different lighting circumstances so that I can learn what is being affected by certain light, Um, I can also look at an evolution of my skills. Um, I can look for unique moments and things like that are always changing. Um, there's a storytelling ability over time. So as you're sharing, sharing, uh, you start to get like a body of work through your website and your portfolio that tells a story, which is really important. 
as a photographer to be telling a story. Um, and then you get that project continuity and building. So, um, my stuff used to be all about the plains of Colorado. Um, moving here to Washington, my body of work changed a little bit because the plains, um, I still like to visit the plains here, but they are far from where I live. I live in the forest and the trees in my backyard are abundant and they are like a hundred feet tall. I shit you not. Um, so the skies here are much smaller than what I was used to in Colorado. That being said, there is not a shortage of things for me to photograph here. I'm not complaining whatsoever. But I am saying that I did struggle with my body of work changing. And I had to, I think what I struggled with the most was learning how the light was different here than it was in Colorado. Um, the light is always bright in Colorado. And here in Washington, it's very dark. Um, the lighting is very, very different in the Pacific Northwest than it is in Colorado. And so I had to learn, um, how to start new projects and how to start building my new portfolio with totally different situational circumstances. Okay. I need to take a break. I took a break from recording. I took like a three hour break <laughs> just now. I made a BLT, <coughs> watched some holiday baking shows because that's one of my favorite things to watch during the holidays. It's one of my guilty pleasures is watching holiday baking championship shows. Um, and I need to look at where we left off. So let me see. Let's see here. Oh, I feel so much better after eating. Okay. Project continuity and building. Okay. So what we were talking about was, so going back to when we were talking about how to overcome imposter syndrome, um, we had talked a little bit about self-reflection and how it dealt with looking back at your accomplishments, your skills, your experience. Um, and we're going to delve in a little bit to how you can become more self-reflective as a photographer. Um, <clears throat> and the first, uh, the first part of that is to review your work regularly. Um, analyze your photos critically, um, identify patterns in your work. I know that Upon reviewing my work, it's going to be a lot of colorful, uh, dramatic photos. Um, I love color. I love contrast. I love highlights. I love shadows. Um, I know those are all going to be patterns in my work. Um, and I do analyze my photos critically. And I think another important thing, too, is to revisit your work, um, from like years ago too. It's like it's important to look at patterns in your growth, look at patterns in your subjects, start putting together collections of your work that are meaningful to you and that kind of have a theme together. Um, 
It'll also help you gain insight to your style and your interests, which is kind of what we were just saying. Um, the second thing is to ask yourself questions. So what is the motivation behind your images that you're taking? Are there reoccurring elements or techniques in your photography? Um, and those are the kinds of things that like as you're going out and photographing more, you're going to start to be more aware of. And so there's really no harm in just going out and photographing every chance that you can get if photography is one of your main goals, which you're listening to this podcast. So I hope that it is one of your goals. The third one is experiment and push boundaries. Experimenting is where it's at. I tell everyone that takes my mentorship um, that there is nothing that's going to prepare them better for taking better photos than just experimenting and going out and making mistakes. Um, I've, I've, my mentorship is really built for beginners and so is this podcast. Um, I really enjoy working with beginners um, and people that are just starting their photo career. And I think that it's invaluable to tell people to go out and make mistakes and experiment with photography. Um, and really one of the very first things that we start doing in my mentorship is we start with manual mode because I think once you get comfortable with manual mode and once you learn how you can manipulate lighting and your camera settings to achieve certain things that you're looking to achieve, it's really the opportunities are endless for what you can capture once you start making sense of all of those things. Um, so going out, making mistakes, photographing in full manual mode. And who knows, you're going to have some shots that are totally blown out. You're going to have some shots that are totally dark. Um, and that's just what making mistakes is. But the more that you can control your settings, the more that you understand what your settings is actually doing um, to manipulate the, the photograph, the more control you're going to have over your photography as a whole. Um, Self-reflection also is an ongoing process. It's not like you've, you know, you've reflected and then that's it. You don't have to reflect anymore. Um, you're constantly going to be developing a deeper understanding of your own motivations, your style, which is bound to change over, over a period of time. Um, consistency is key, yes, but it's going to as your skills develop and as your experience develops, um, you're, you're going to see a change in style potentially, and uh, you're going to have a, a deeper understanding of your own creative voice. Now, one of the things that we haven't mentioned yet, but is super, well, we sort of mentioned it, didn't we? Um, I'm glad I wrote all of this down, but um, where we had talked about... Um, Seeking feedback and sharing your goals with people that um, are important to you. You know, having a support system is one of those things that is crucial. And when you're experiencing imposter syndrome, um, having a support system is, you know, invaluable in feeling better about having imposter syndrome. <laughs> 
Support systems can provide encouragement. They can provide guidance. They can provide understanding. The first thing that we want to talk about is how they provide emotional support. They can be a listening ear. They can provide words of encouragement. They can tell you that you're deserving of success through validation and reassurance. If you're really in a tough spot, which sometimes you can get in a tough spot um, when you are constantly questioning your abilities in your career, um, you could potentially need more specialized assistance. Um, And so encouraging people to seek help in mental health is super important. And I will always... Um, I will always discuss how important that is because I used to work in mental health. Um, and so I will always be fighting the stigma against mental health. I myself receive mental health, um, services and, uh, I know how much it has changed my life and I'm not here to be on a high horse or anything like that, but I am just saying that like, If people are in a, if you are in a tough spot and, you know, uh, you need, you feel like you need more help than things we've talked about today, there should be an encouragement from your support system to seek help if you need it. Support systems can also help with accountability. Uh, My friend April that I talked about at the beginning of this episode, um, she basically asked me, Hey, bitch, where is the next podcast episode? Because I think it's been like five months since I've done a podcast. Um, So hence, here we are recording this episode. And honestly, that's the accountability that I need. Um, April is one of my really good friends. We talk on a daily basis and uh, she is really supportive over my artwork and... um, It's just a friendship that I really value and we get together. She lives in Texas and I live in Washington, so we don't live next to each other, but um, we do virtual art nights and it is one of the things that just I love and I enjoy spending time with her doing creative things and I really value her opinion when it comes to my artwork and so Having her as part of my support system when I'm feeling low or when I need someone to remind me like, hey, I'm a boss ass bitch. She is one of those people for me. So um, she is the reason behind this podcast episode. She is the one that motivated me to write a podcast episode. Uh, So yeah, here we are. Um, The next thing and the last thing we're going to talk about with support system is that they can celebrate achievements with you. And I'm serious when I say if a post of mine goes viral, Sean and I go out to dinner and I, and I'm serious. Like that is because that is a milestone of achievement for me. It is something that I can, um, measure success by, um, which I'm not always saying is healthy. Um, but when it does perform well, um, on social media, we do celebrate. And that's not all we're celebrating. We celebrate when, um, and we celebrate for both of us. I'm not saying we don't celebrate for Sean at all, but since we're specifically talking about photography, um, 
we photograph anytime I get into an art show. We photograph anytime. I mean, we celebrate anytime I get into an art show. We celebrate anytime uh, a post goes viral, whenever I sell a print. Um, we're constantly celebrating those little things because those are those little achievable moments that I have set for myself for how I measure my success. And um, celebrating is really important to me. Um, and so that is something that we do that keeps me focused on my photography career. Okay, so let's talk social media really quickly. And by really quickly, I mean we're going to talk social media for the rest of the time. But since we discussed, um, you know, a post of mine going viral um, and how we celebrate that, I thought it would be important to talk about maybe what um, the relationship between imposter syndrome and social media is. And I think imposter syndrome can definitely be exacerbated through constant comparison to others, um, which is something that social media is, I don't know if it's designed for, but it is built for competition when it comes to photographers. So if a photo doesn't perform well, I know that I take it 100% personally. And I even have it down to like, <laughs> like, <clears throat> if a photo is not doing well, photo doesn't do well, I 100% take it personally. And I even have it down to like, if I'm receiving one like per minute, I consider that to be pretty good. And I'm not saying that this is a healthy relationship with social media by any means, nor am I encouraging anyone to have this sort of relationship with social media. I am saying, however, there are healthy ways to use social media, and that is really what we want to focus on um, on this episode, um, because I have used it in, again, this is my personal therapy episode, and I have been utilizing it in a very harmful, unhealthy way. So how do we use social media in a healthy way? Well, we try setting goals and boundaries for usage which I'll tell you right now, I have zero boundaries with usage. Um, I am on social media from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. And primarily it's because my business is very ran on social media. Um, but it's also because I have a very unhealthy relationship with it. And that is something that I have to work on um, for sure. But trying to set goals and boundaries for usage. So I think it's important to say like, okay, maybe from 10 a.m. to, to 2 p.m. I'm going to be on social media. Um, and, and it's also important to do your research and, and realize who your audience is and when they're most active and maybe utilize that to say, okay, well, this is when I'm going to be most active on social media so that I can connect with my audience. Um, these are all things that you have to take into consideration. Um, but giving yourself a boundary, maybe you don't have social media directly on your phone. You have to go onto a computer to access your social media. 
Um, that doesn't work for me because I know if I get um, an order or if I get an inquiry, I want to be able to respond to it immediately. Um, and that's just like a service I provide with my business. Um, um, something that I do do, <laughs> something that I do as well is I curate my feed. So, uh, I know on Facebook you can follow, you can unfollow, um, you can kind of decipher or you can kind of decide who you want to be following on Facebook, what you want to see in your feed, what, what accounts you want to be interacting with. Um, and you can really curate your feed. And I really like that about Facebook. Um, I also really like it about TikTok. And uh, the funny thing is, is my TikTok, I mostly TikTok when I'm on the toilet. Okay. Okay. I watch TikTok a lot when I'm on the toilet. And I watch it a lot in the morning. And in the morning, I spend a little bit of time on the toilet. My TikTok for you page involves a lot of dogs and a lot of animals that happen to be in wheelchairs. And so I will just be sitting on the toilet crying in the morning at these animals in wheelchairs, like ducks and shit and dogs. But that is, those are like the videos that I interact with the most are animals and honestly misfit animals are what I engage with the most. And so my For You page is totally uh, catering to what I'm interacting with. And I see very little things on there that are not relatable to me. And so I find that really great about TikTok. Um, you can, uh, really in social media, you can follow accounts that inspire you and align with your interests. And honestly, you can unfollow ones that don't. Um, so a lot of people will sit here and say like social media is bad. It's bad. It's bad. But honestly, it's like, it's a free service. You don't have to use it. It's a free service that's giving you free marketing and not only that, but it's also giving you, um, like as photographers, it's giving you a port, a free portfolio, basically a free website where people can go and look at your work, your body of work over a certain amount of time, as long as you're posting frequently. Um, and as long as you're posting quality images. So those of you that say you don't like social media, I beg to differ because I still see you guys using it. And I think that there's healthy ways to use it and there are unhealthy ways to use it. And I think that through following accounts that inspire you, through aligning with your interests, like social media can be a really powerful tool in connecting with people with your audience. Um, it can also be a really good way to engage authentically with your audience, like when people comment on my stuff, I try to comment thank you to everyone that posts on there. Um, and I try to do it authentically. So, so as photographers, do we need social media? And I would argue that yes, absolutely. As photographers that are serious about our career and as photographers that are wanting to grow our career and make a big impact, with our art, um, social media is almost inevitable at this point. It's going to give you your exposure and visibility. 
not only is it going to give people that are close to you visibility, it's going to give you global visibility, which is, which is fantastic. It's going to reach potential clients and collaborators. It's great for networking purposes. Um, like I said, it's really great for portfolio sharing. You can show people your work in a collection for free. So for those of you that are like, I don't want to do a website, your portfolio can be fully on Facebook, which is awesome. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. You can do marketing and promotions, uh, which I do pretty frequently on my page. Um, marketing can be things that are free promotions. Obviously, sometimes I pay for promotions on Facebook. The things you have to consider, though, if you plan on being pretty present on social media is that it is a huge time commitment. Creating content, interacting with your audience, and staying updated is something that is ongoing, changing every day, something you need to update every day. The more present you are on your profile, the more visible you will be to those in your audience. So that is where I kind of struggle with, okay, where is the boundary between when I need to stop social media and when I need to start social media? Um, and that is something that I have to figure out on my own because, like I said, I have a pretty unhealthy relationship with time in social media um, because I am on it all the time. Um, and I do get pretty good results on it, but it is something that I live on with on social media. Consider quality versus quantity. So you're going to you're going to want to prioritize the quality of your work. You want to maintain a style and cohesiveness across your platforms. So when someone goes to check your profiles, they can tell just by looking at your body of work who you are. So you don't want to be just posting anything and everything. Now, does that mean that you can't go out and photograph every day? No. So still be going out challenging yourself, especially if you're experiencing imposter syndrome, challenging yourself to go out and capture things, even when you feel like you're capturing shit. Like, go out and capture. Does that mean you have to post everything? Maybe not. Does that mean everything has to show up on your website? Absolutely not. I would say maybe, maybe 50% of the stuff that I post ends up on my website. But your website should be really held for like your best work. You want to consider your platform selection. Not all are built for photography or for every photographer. No one is saying you have to use Facebook. No one is saying you have to use TikTok. All I'm saying is they have proven to be very good uh, platforms for me to use in my photography career. Facebook and TikTok have both been the most helpful to me in my photography career. Instagram sucks for me. I don't know why I can't get Instagram to do anything for me. Um, but again, I'm not telling you you have to do any of these things. Again, this was more just an episode for me to sort of work through my own imposter syndrome. And I figure if I have imposter syndrome, probably other people also have imposter syndrome. And so I'm hoping that this episode finds my people and um, we can work through it together. Because, um, yeah, this episode is actually very helpful for me. 
Um, the next episode that I have put together for next week is going to be photographing light and what that actually means. Um, so I'm working on putting that all together right now. Um, because we talked a little bit in this episode about how light is ever changing and how you can go out and challenge yourself in the same location, uh, and how light can change that and make that unique every time. So I thought I would do a whole separate podcast episode next time about what photographing light means and how we can utilize that to um, keep us motivated to keep going out to photograph. So that is what we have to look forward to. That is our episode for the day on imposter syndrome. I hope that you guys, uh, it was received well. And if you have questions, please reach out. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Lens and Light. I'm your host, Amber Braxton with Amber Braxton Fine Art. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion on the art of photography today, and I hope you join us next week for another exciting episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, and until next time, go have an adventure.